podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you turned into three questions in a song, the podcast where the title explains it all, except for when it doesn't, like tonight. <laughs> um, this is episode number 56. With me tonight is <laughs> Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band. I'm going to struggle with that all night. <laughs> Especially because I'm looking at the, your domain name and it's just letters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So as I was explaining to you off the air, it's usually three questions that I ask. Um, tonight's a little different. We're going with five. The first one is an obvious one, so it doesn't count. And it really, really is just really fast. I'm going to ask. You're going to answer. We're going to move on. No. All right. All right. So here's the one that doesn't count. Where did the Winter Kill Band portion of the band name come from? Ah, all right. So I am an avid hunter of white-tailed deer up here in uh, northern New England and Canada. And um, uh, about four years ago, there was a really bad winter where we had uh, the three, four feet of snow. And my friend and I, um, who's uh, from the local tribal council of of, uh, one of the tribes up here, and I, he and I stumbled upon t- about 12 dead yearling deer. And he said, God, that's this is going to be one of the worst winter kills we've ever seen. And I just went, wow, that's, that's you know, Christian Montgomery and the winter kill band kind of became a metaphor for surviving those cold winters and finding something to do to keep you from, uh, you know, uh, getting too bored. <laughs> I, I like it. Um I would have never thought that's what it was, but yeah. I will say that if you want to eliminate some white-tailed deer, um, feel free to come to Pennsylvania because <laughs> recently, yeah. recently, um, I guess it would have been two years ago, in October, one ran into – my wife was driving my car. One ran into the passenger side of the car yeah, and rolled down the whole side of it, and um, the – Without looking at it, the um, body shop told me that they were. He's like, just because there's so much damage and it's a 2003, it's probably totaled. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's sixty thousand miles on this 2003. I'm like, it, yeah. it's all just bent metal. So we were really busy because we have three kids, and before we could even get it there to look at them, my wife was driving to pick up other my my daughters in November. And a deer came running out and to the left side of the car. <laughs> yeah. We, I, so. I, I was taking my son Bobby to uh, soccer practice and we had a deer that came through the windshield. Like the head oh. was actually like looking at us. And my son Bobby was four or five at the time. And he was like, is he getting in? Is he, <laughs> is he trying to get in? And I was like, this isn't what they're supposed to do. And it, <laughs> you know, but. Well, I, I'm actually still driving that car today. Oh, that's um, awesome. My, my dad, and, and it was, there's a, the one quarter panel could probably use being cut out and new metal put in. Mm-hmm. And, and there's still a couple dents in the hood, but little dents in the hood. Yeah. Um, all said and, said and done, it was like, I think I figured out $350 I spent. Oh, that's not bad. Wow. Um, 
I found two new fenders and a headlight on on Amazon for what was it, one hundred and sixty dollars total. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and the, the fenders were primed, and I had a gift card. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. It's a funny story, <laughs> though. <laughs> hey, first real question, but question yeah. number two: If you could sit down with any band and listen to them talk about their careers and how they got to where they are today, who would you want to sit down with and why? Oh, gosh. Uh, Peter Gabriel. Um, not that, you know, uh, I mean, well, his, his band has been, uh, has a few members who are um, ongoing. You know, I'd love to sit down with uh, Peter and Tony Levin and, uh, um, and just be able to pick their brains. Um, you know, I got to see Pete and Sting play like four years ago, and um, when they did the Rock Paper Scissors tour, and the songwriting and the, you know, the the flow of their live shows is it's just so dynamic and cool. And um, I, I would love to sit down um, and talk with him just because the majority of his music is just so emotional that. I mean, there's 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 so much to it. Uh, there would, there so many questions would be asked. Um, you know. So that that question, um, I kind of morphed it. it. I sometimes theme my questions, and mm-hmm. I turned that one into part of my movie themes. And I imagine Forrest Gump sitting on the bench telling stories. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um. Next question, and then I'll let you, and then we'll do your your uh, MTV moment where you get to storytell your song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what is something that even your most avid fans would be surprised to learn about you? Uh-oh. I cry at the drop of a hat. Um, my daughter, my daughter says I'm a, you know, I'm 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 a softy. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, I I get pretty emotional. As a matter matter of fact, um, you know, I, I have a brother who's uh, recently been diagnosed with a pretty severe illness, and I was performing on a talk show on Wednesday and got all teared up. I was playing a song called Peach, and it was a little Texarkana love song. Um, it uh, you would never, it's not a very emotional song. I mean, it's dripping with misogyny. It was just terrible. Um, and for some reason, halfway through the song, I started choking up and, um, you know, I, I got through it. Don't get me wrong. But everybody was like, man, like, that's like, um, you know, like uh, what's my daughter said. Uh, it's like listening to Loving the Loving an Elevator by Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And, and for some reason, having this like wave of emotion come over <laughs> you and I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, she was like, it just doesn't belong, you know, but uh yeah, I'm a wicked softy, and uh, um, you know I, I do tend to uh, to get a little teary eyed over silly stuff. I am um, I'm the opposite, but I I went and watched three bands last night for the first time since February of 2020. So it's been over yeah. a year, and when the third band started to play, I, I I do their website, and I've known them for at least 20 years. Yeah. I, 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 I teared up and then I got mad at myself. I'm like, why are you crying? <laughs> but, yeah. 
it was just it was emotional i haven't i haven't been in front of a live act in forever yeah mm-hmm. well i got a uh, i'm i'm getting on a plane um in like 8 hours to go to tampa um that's where my my brother who's fighting cancer is down there and uh i have uh you know i'm going to be helping him out and everything and i ended up booking a couple of shows you know acoustic gigs and um doing a photo shoot for rocket night magazine down there too and it it's uh it feels like it feels like maybe we're getting back into the swing of things i was like oh this is cool okay maybe maybe it's all coming back so maybe it'll be better you know we can hope (laughs) yeah yeah i i was really there's a um local group that is on their 22nd year of doing festivals that raise money for children that are battling deadly diseases and um they have a big field. It's about half hour from here um, with the 40 by 40 stage in it. And I've been to 18 years worth of shows and I didn't go last year. Mm-hmm. And um, this week, the CDC released more new guidelines that said right. that it, about the live performances. And as long as you have a mask on, you can be in big crowds. I took it to my wife and I pointed to that paragraph and I said, read this. And she did. And she is what? I'm like, what does it say? She goes, I'm not telling you what you just read. And I said, here, I'm going to tell you. It says Bill is going to rock for life this year. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, so what I need from you next is that, that MTV or VH1 storytellers moment. Tell us a little bit about the song, Don't Call Me Baby. Um, okay. So being a product of the, uh, of the 90s, um, I uh, I decided to watch the Alanis Morissette documentary that she released about everything that's happened to her, you know, since Bitter Little Pill. And um, I went to bed that night and I had this very uncanny uh, but vivid dream that um, the younger Alanis Morissette had taken me out to the desert to force me to dig my own grave and I just remember she was shooting me as I was lying there. And after every shot, she would say, it's okay, baby. It's all right, baby. It's okay. And I was like, Jesus, like, what is, what does it mean? You know, I woke up, I told my wife, I'm like, I had this really messed up dream. And she was like, you've always known you were going to die at the hands of a woman. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, as soon as I said, I do, I, I knew that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that was the long, long and short of it was, it was kind of a, this story about, you know, driving out into the Vegas desert, you know, when watching the lights fading from, you know, the, the neon signs as I got further into the desert and got more nervous. And, and then Alanis came out of nowhere and somehow she dropped 25 years and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, um, and then uh, proceeded to kill me. So I, I don't know, you know, I survived 1996. I was promised flashbacks and maybe that had something to do with it. You know, <laughs> I was going to ask you, I think it's, um, Vegas. Isn't that the name of the movie with, um, Robert De Niro and, um, oh, why am I thinking the guy from my cousin Vinny? Um, oh yeah. Um, wow. Joe Pesci. Joe Pe- yeah. Yeah. Because there's a scene there where he's they're out in the desert, making people dig their own holes. And yeah. killing him and when you yeah. told me that i'm like he, he had to have watched that movie before that <laughs> i was close I mean, yeah, that is... joe pesci <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I might that might have been somewhere in the in the library. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do now, Christian, so we're going to take a moment and listen to your song, Don't Call Me Baby, and then we'll come back with um, a couple more questions, get a little more information out of you. Awesome. That was Don't Call Me Baby by Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band. I made it through at that time. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, so what's going to happen now is Post Prophet, who was the last episode's guest, 
Um, they actually asked two questions of you, and I'm going to go ahead and let them ask those. All right. What kind of uh, bands or artists did you guys discover during the lockdown and everything that kind of inspired you? Um, what was some new music that you guys learned, and what was your, you know, maybe top three favorite songs that you discovered? Oh, gosh. Um, well, the first band is a band called the Slow Grass Rollers. Uh, singer Jeff Neely and um, actually my producer, Joe Clapp, um, wrote this song called Be So Good to Everyone You Love. And it was a very, uh, you know, I, I got to hear it, uh, you know, pre-release. Uh, and it's just a very uplifting song, um, you know, just a really cool tune. And I think uh, anybody who heard it uh, would immediately just feel better about things. Um, the other uh, is Jennifer Teft. Um, you know, we got a pretty tight music scene up here in the Boston area. And um, she has a song called Better Days that she released. Um, there's a music video out for it. And uh, that's another really kind of inspirational, um, you know, pick you up when you're down kind of vibe. And I think you'd really dig it. She's got a great voice, great singer songwriter from Boston. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, um, I'm late to the party on this one, but I've really been getting into Nick cave and, um, um, now the, 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 the title of the song is, uh, escaping me, but he played it with the, um, Australia, Australian, uh, symphony orchestra. Um, and, uh, I can't remember the guitar player too, but it was a really cool song and I'm forgetting the title of it, but it, a lot of Nick Cave stuff's really, really cool. Um, and, uh, if you Google that one, you know, Nick Cave, Australian orchestra, I'm sure it'll come up. I can't remember the name of the damn thing now, but <laughs> it was great. As you know, talking to me for the last like 20 minutes. I can't fault you for any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I spent the whole time going, Oh, I can't remember. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I do want to mention though, since you mentioned the, the um, Boston music scene, the pilot episode of this podcast. So even before I started numbering them, very first yeah. one was a band called um, the cosmic vultures. <laughs> yeah. You're you're familiar with them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the that was my test episode and I played it for some friends and they're like, "Yeah, this is awesome. Do it." So <laughs> nice. So 55 yeah. 55 episodes later, I'm back to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Now Boston's Boston's got a really cool scene, a lot of really good people supporting each other. Um yeah, a lot of people have released some great great music this year. Um and, uh, no, I, I can't say enough about it. There's a little, there's a little aspect of it. That's a little clicky, but that kind of goes along with any college town, you know, but, um, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool place to play. Before I forget, why, why don't you tell the listeners where they can get a hold of your music and, and find more out about you online? Oh gosh. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, our website is uh, www.kmwkb.com. We just kind of kept that simple. <laughs> I messed that up. 
I'm yeah, backwards right. on my screen. It's over yeah, there. Right there. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, we're uh, we're on Instagram. We're on, um, you know, we're on uh, Facebook, of course. Um, so you can find us on all of the social media. There was a second question from Post Profit. I almost forgot. I was going to ask how, how COVID and 2020 in general affected them as a band and how much progress they've made in 2021. Um, uh, I'm probably one of the stranger bands when it comes to the plague. Um, you know, I, I was working on my first record called the gravel church and I was almost done with it. And then the pandemic hit. And so it was, a. Uh, I did all of my mixing and, uh, you know, back and forth with my producer, Joe, um, over the phone and talking to him about, you know, uh, what I wanted with mixes and everything. And he, I mean, he just took the ball and went with it. Um, but as soon as we kind of started to feel safe, it was like, well, we can't play live. So I started recording Prince of Poverty, which just came out in March, um, that Don't Call Me Baby is on. And, um, and we found out that we're probably not going to be able to play out for a little bit longer. So I started my third record, which is called a heaven for heretics. And, um, it is almost done. And so I'll tell you, it's, it's been one of the most creative years of my life. I've, I've been forced to, to get into my own head and start writing and, start really producing albums that I wanted to, you know, you know, I, that, that were me. And, um, and it kind of helped a lot to have to separate myself from others. Um, and I think I really put together something that I, I can be proud of. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all kind of going back to our roots in this respect that singer songwriters are supposed to write songs and sing them. And, uh, um, you know, so instead of, you know, uh, recording a record and being forced to promote it for three years before you write another one, um, this has been a great time. I mean, you're really finding out who the real, you know, singer songwriters, recording artists are. Those are, you know, the guys that are in the studio putting out two or three albums during this plague. It's uh, um, it's kind of uh, weeding out those guys who write one great song and sit on their laurels for the rest of the, you know, however long. I, I laugh because when you said that, Vanilla Ice popped into my head. <laughs> oh, man. oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, know, still, he's still making money off of it. There's a commercial. <laughs> dude, you know, if, if that song came out right now, maybe he would have written, like, one more song that might have been good. <laughs> <laughs> He 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 did a metal band for a while. Did you know that? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, you know, I, hey, Vanilla Ice has got his time and place. You know, um, it's uh, without him, you know, we wouldn't have had you know, Backstreet Boys and In uh, <laughs> Sync and all those guys. I mean, you know, he was like the forefather of boy bands. Um, so I know I told you not to worry about a question for for the next guest, but yeah. I think together we're going to piece one. We're going to piece one together. Awesome. So, so the next guest's name is Judy Rodman. She is an artist and she is a um, voice coach. Oh, okay. And um, she talks about, I'm just doing a quick 
flyby on her website right now, which is judyrodman.com. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about maximizing your stage and your studio voice and how to conquer strain. Um, she has vocal lessons. She talks about songs for your project, um, producing vocal um, vocals and doing live, mu- live music performances and speaking. So there's a lot there. Um, and I know I didn't really give you anything specific, but, is there a question that you think you might want to ask her about, about vocals? I would, you know, I was, uh, I was trained by a professional tenor from the Boston pops who happened to be my pastor when I, or Reverend, when I was a boy. And, you know, he introduced me to rock and roll um, shortly after, you know, singing a couple of hymns in the choir. But um, he, he always told me that um, it was uh um, important that when you, you know, when you see the singers hitting those high notes that they're, they're stretched for it. And he had always told me that that was the complete opposite of what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to keep yourself, um, you know, uh, keep your posture, huh. um, without, without, um, you know, stretching your vocal cords, you're actually just keeping everything in the same spot, you know? Um, and I, you know, he also was really cool with the uh, when giving lessons, he would let you find your own voice, your own vibrato, your, you know, your own style. And I think uh, I would want to ask her, uh, you know, if she's of the same kind of mentality of you have to take that, what that person's voice gives you and let them kind of make it their own. The um, stretching your, your voice thing. I, I teach science and, um, we talk about um, making high and low pitch sounds and yeah. that's we I actually, when I'm explaining it to them, I have them move their, their, their chin up and feel while they're making the high pitch and then put the chin down and feel when they're making. So I just assumed yeah. that that was what you were supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, apparently, apparently you're not supposed to stretch the vocal cords. It's supposed to, you know, you got to keep it loose. I didn't know that. We'll see what Judy says. <laughs> it could be it could be a complete crock. I don't know. You know, I might have just looked really stupid when I was doing the rock star thing and he was like trying to bring me back down to earth, you know. <laughs> well, Christian, I want to thank you for hanging out with me on episode fifty six. Anytime. This was great. And uh when when that third album comes out, let me know. We'll we'll do it again. Awesome. That'd be great. Um so make sure you check check out Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kills Band at kmwkb.com. Um, if you are listening to the podcast or radio version, it will be in the show notes at buildascene.com. If you're watching the video, it's right. I did it again. It's right over there <laughs> and, <laughs> under Christian. Um, up next, you're going to hear from Mr. John, the American Hill Jack Lane. He's going to tell you how to subscribe, how to leave um, comments and all those things. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode with Judy Rodman. This episode of Three Questions of Song has ended. But be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-site music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show. And we'll see you on the next episode.